Welcome to Giving Head, the podcast. Wondering what head stands for? What H is for happiness, E for empowerment, and D for development. This is the podcast that will discuss topics from the 40-year-old perspective. This is where we will help to navigate you through this new chapter of your life. I'm your host, Sherry, and my co-host is named Kim. To join this community, push the subscribe button to get all the latest head episodes. And to help our head message grow, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment as well. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Giving Head. H-E-D. Now let's get into it. Hey, Head Tribe. Welcome back. We are going into episode 23. And we are continuing our love month for the month of February, where we talk to different couples who have been married and they share their testimonies and experiences for the audience. So meet the Archibalds. We have Dwayne and Tennille. They both were born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, but they didn't know each other. But wait until you hear how they met and their love story. But they met in 2009 in Atlanta, Georgia. They married in 2010. Um, They both had a child each from previous relationships. And in 2011, they had their first child together. And not too long after, they had their second child together. Dwayne and Tennille have been married for 10 years. And in this episode... They talk about the ups and downs of marriage and how they were able to weather the storms through these core values that they honor in their marriage. Love, trust, communication, honesty, and learning to remove their emotions when faced with challenges. Head Tribe, this is a very good episode and I will share my takeaways from it at the end of the episode, but I hope you enjoy it. No. I know you will enjoy it. <laughs> Welcome to Giving Head, the podcast. The podcast is all about g- coming into your 40s and beyond and learning different things in this different mature season. And this month, we got Tennille and Duane because this is our February love month. And we're going to talk everything marriage. I want the good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between it. All of that good juice. So, <laughs> but with a lot of teaching in, within that. So, the first question we want to ask is basically individually and together, how did we, where were you born, raised? And tell us a little bit about your childhood background. So, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, currently reside in Atlanta. Come from a voice singing background. So my parents are Antigan and Vincentian. And that's my background. I guess we go to his. Uh, my background, same thing, born in Brooklyn, New York. My mother and father are Panamanian. So again, just like uh, Chanel, have some kind of foreign background. Wasn't raised as American, even though I was born American. That's pretty much it. Had a, a strict dad. My mom was kind of loose, but they let me uh, kind of fill out life on my own. So I, I got to experience a lot of stuff on my own without anybody really giving me a sense of direction, but they gave me direction. They pointed me in one way, but they never made me go a certain way unless that's something that I wanted to do. 
Well, this is a big island mix-up. I'm Bermuda, Kim's <laughs> Trinidad, and you guys as well. So this is a big island, like big pot. I love it. So when you say, you know, both of you born in Brooklyn and stuff, just elaborate to me more about like how were you raised? Domain just nicely said his mother was loose. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> So I grew up, my mom came from Antigua, like I said, and she has four sisters, so no uncles at all. My dad, um, he lived in Florida the majority of my life, so I was pretty much raised with a single parent. Um, My mom worked two jobs, so for me, automatically, I became independent very early, worked my first job. At the age of 14, by the time I was 16, I had a salon. I did hair for up until 2004. So I worked in, my mom actually was a beautician. She had her own salon. So I kind of started in the pharmaceutical industry, doing pharmacy tech, and then moved over into beautician as I was in college. Um, Had a baby at the age of 18 years old. So I was also a young mom. Got married to my daughter's father at the age of same age, um, 18 years old, kind of doing what we thought was right, you know, coming from a West Indian background, you want to appease your your family, do not want to have kids out of wedlock. So I got married at a very young age, not really ready for marriage, but I felt that was the right thing to do. Fast forward, after living in New York, I decided that I wanted to relocate and just start anew and came to Georgia when my daughter was five years old. Wow. Mm. So two people from, you know, various backgrounds living in the same state and same area. But when did you meet each other? So funny. So a friend of mine back in 2009, early 2009, around March 2009, a friend of mine who's from New York as well, called me on a Wednesday night and said, hey, they have a fashion show slash club event in the city. And I was like, well, I'm washing my hair. I got to work early in the morning at eight o'clock. I don't want to come out. So long story short, she's like, you know, probing and probing. I said, you know what? I'll come and I'll go out. When I went out, I really didn't feel like going out. Therefore, I wasn't really engaged in what was going on. So I kind of sat down and just was chilling a little bit. Then I see Dwayne walk in. It was him and two other friends. So very tall, you know, he'll tell you about his background, but they stood out. So when I saw them, you know, I kind of saw them in the past and it was pretty dark, didn't really pay him any attention, to be honest with you. It was just that I saw him in the passing. So as I'm sitting there in the club, music is loud. He comes and he sits kind of right next to me. And we both were just tired. He actually didn't want to be there that night. And I didn't. We were just kind of pulled in by both, you know, by friends. So so it's crazy because the same night, my friends wanted to go out. Now, I'm usually the one that's always out. I go out pretty much every night. That particular night, I didn't want to go anywhere. I got tired of being out in the clubs. I didn't want to go anywhere. And they kind of dragged me out that night. So it's kind of like that kind of story. So we got there and... When we started, you know, the party and the fashion show went on, but then I wanted to leave. So this is the first time that I really wanted to leave. Like, I, I'm usually the one that keep them out. They right. was dragging me out, kept me out. I wanted to leave. So I said, I'm just going to go sit down and just wait the night out till they get done partying. And I happened to sit next to her. So while I'm sitting next to her, we didn't even talk. She's just tired sitting on one end, and I'm tired, too. I just want to get out of there. But <laughs> then we just end up having to converse 
and it just went from there. So when we started talking, uh, we picked up each other's accent that we were both had a strong New York accent. So being from New York, and at that time I'm single, so every time I meet a guy, they'll be like, oh, you're from New York, I'm from New York. But they would say upstate New York, where if you're like a tri-state New Yorker, you consider the five boroughs. If you're not from the five boroughs, we're like, oh, you're from upstate. It's just kind of an inside New York joke. So he said, well, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm like, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn as well. So we started to name, like, we're in Brooklyn, right? You know how, like, in here has counties. So we're like, we're from Crown Heights. So he says, well, I'm from Crown Heights, too. And I'm like, you know what? This dude is playing games. (laughs) You don't have any time to play. You know, you're not from Crown Heights. I'm from Crown Heights. So he's like, I'm from Crown Heights. So as we're both trying to defend where we're from, I said, well, if you're from Crown Heights, you should know every block in a 10-mile a 10 block radius from this street all the way. So it's called Fulton Street to Empire, right? If you are from that neighborhood, you will know what each next upcoming street is. So if you're from there, that's your test. And he named every street. (laughs) And I was like, hold on, where did you come from? And that kind of sparked a conversation. Um, Come to find out a certain guy that grew up with my brother's best friend grew up in my home also grew up in his home with his brother. We came to the conclusion that that same individual used to leave their house and come to our house. Awesome. This is literally on his way home. He will leave from them and come to our house and hang out and eat. And then go home. The same person. Yep. That's crazy. Yes. 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 (laughs) So automatically we decided to exchange phone numbers. And, you know, normally in Atlanta, everything is very microwavable, right? You meet people out here, everybody's, you know, messing around. And, you know, he told me he played basketball. So one of the things that I didn't want to do is meet anyone in no celebrity lifestyle, you know, basketball. So, I was a little bit hesitant at first, but, you know, the way that the conversation was so organic, it Mm -hmm. felt like, you know what, let's just go out on a date, see how it goes. But because he told me he lived overseas, lived in Germany, I was like, okay, he's, you know, one of those, don't want to deal with that. (laughs) So, (laughs) So the next day, literally the next day, we went out and I think we went bowling. We went bowling. Yeah, we went to eat, then we went bowling, met up with Uh some of his friends. And we had a fantastic night. And the funniest thing about that night was he know how to drink. He's 6'4". I'm 5'4". I'm over here trying to shot like he is. And yeah, almost like got into an accident that night. Couldn't drive home. It's like embarrassing to even say, but <laughs> and hang. And he's like buying me drinks. And we're just having a very good very organic, nothing sexual, nothing, you know, nothing of that nature. It was just really genuine fun. And we realized like how much we had in common. Mm. So pretty much, I think after that is where it all started. We started to date, go out on frequent, go out on frequent dates. And it was one night in particular that to me was the stamp of everything. We went bowling. We went to this thing called Midtown Bowl on a Sunday night. I had to work at that time, I lived 45 minutes from him. So I'm in Kennesaw. He lived in Buckhead. So we drove. We got in front of his house, and we sat in the car. And at that time, I drove. So I drove him in front of the house, and we started talking. And it went from, I want to say, probably to, like, let's say 8 o'clock. I can't recall the time. 
for six hours after we sat in that car just talk the whole night. and talk for six entire hours. I mean, I sat on his lap because he was sitting on this side and we just was talking. It felt natural. We were laughing. And like I said, it was nothing sexual. It was just talking and having a good time. And we actually said that what we were looking for prior to us meeting, I told you I was previously married. He was mm-hmm. previously engaged. He also has a daughter who's a year older than my daughter. So we both had yeah. kids young, both from the same neighborhood, young parents. And we were just at that point in our lives that we didn't want to date. We didn't have time for the outside world. We just was ready to settle down. And we talked about building a house together, getting married, having kids together. Having kids together. And literally, it's like we wrote a book and everything wow. came into fruition. Literally verbatim. That, that, night we, we, yeah, that night, we actually drew out the blueprint for how our relationship went. That wow. night we talked about, I mean, we talked about everything from built, from getting a house together, kids, potentially being married and just everything. And it all played out the exact way we talked about it that night. Wow. So let me ask you this and jump in, Kim, at any point. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I know, I'm just like taken back by the story. I mean, I've met Tanil many, many years ago and then, of course, got introduced to Domain, but I don't think I ever knew the story. And to hear it is just like gives me chills because I kind of know where you are now. And so to hear it, it's like, yeah, everything you've just said is what's going on now. So individually, Dwayne, I'll start with you. What was it about Tanil that was like, this is it. Now, remember, you're MBA, mid-celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> And um, this is the roundaway girl that she was probably looking for. We actually had something similar to this conversation the other night. And it was more of a situation of for the first time in my life, I met somebody who wanted to do something for me. Outside of my mom, outside of my dad, outside of a family member. This was the first person that I met that I could have a general conversation that wasn't looking for anything. Mm -hmm. They just wanted to be with me and talk to me and they didn't want anything from me. Actually, she was on the opposite. She wanted to give me something. She opened her heart. She opened up everything. And for that right there is what made me have an attachment. That made me want to see her more and more and more. And from that, everything grew. (laughs) She had a big heart from the door, and that's what sucked me in. And I can concur with that. You know, Tanil met me through somebody else and she has just taken me on just like I'm her sister as well. She's now met Kim. Kim's her friend now too, you know, and that is, I can understand what you was drawn to. I really do. And what about you, Tanil? What was it about Dwayne? Being married before, it allowed me to actually realize who I was. I got married initially not for love, I got married because it was the right thing to do at that time. You know, just wanting to not have kids out of wedlock. My daughter's father, he was a good guy, but he wasn't for me. We didn't have much in common. So after we split up, after being together for eight years, I realized that I wanted something different. I wanted to change. So when I relocated here, I dated guys, met guys, even had like sort of long-term, more so friendship with them, right? Um, dealing with them. And I realized more and more that from the very beginning, you know, but you Mm -hmm. try to convince yourself that there may be something there potentially, but you see the signs that it's a hard no, but you try to say, well, 
this person will change. You're trying to get the feeling. So it was a time in my life that I was like, I'm okay with not being married, not having any more kids, just surfing, just having a good time living my life. But that really wasn't who I was because I didn't want to just date or, you know, I didn't find anybody that I felt was compatible with me. Knew how to, besides me being a roundaway girl and from Brooklyn, you know, I have a profession, right? I always feel like you have to oppose yourself in certain situations. Someone that's well-rounded, someone that can have good conversation and can articulate and just, you know what I mean? Like you could be hood, but not too hood. Mm -hmm. You could be, you know, really classy, but not too, you know, there's some guys that walk around with bow ties all day. You need to have kind of that middle ground for me, right? You got to have your Tims on one day and know how to put on a nice Dolce and Gabbana suit and present yourself. So for me, I didn't really have expectations, but I knew that my gut has always been my driving board. If my gut tells me this is not for me, then I need to stop trying to convince my gut or, you know, what's right for me. So when I met D, like I said, it was so organic and it wasn't about, you know, him wanting to be with me or being sexual. We didn't even have intimacy for a long time. We didn't even do any of that. It was really just friendship. And when we spoke, we would speak for hours and hours and hours. And it wasn't really on trying to get to know you. What's your likes? What's your dislike? It was during the conversation, you got to feel like what this person like, how this person is. I actually fell in love with Dwayne very, very early on. And I kept saying, is this real? Am I in love? But because I never experienced being in love, I didn't know what I was feeling. But it just, yeah. I kept saying, T, your intuition, your gut never steers you wrong. So when we had that conversation, I was driving home that night like, wow, we just talked about this. This is, wow. And it ever since then, it wasn't always a bed of roses, being honest with you. And we'll get into that part of it. But it was so worth holding on to that we would conquer any storm together. And when you mm-hmm. find someone that you're willing to conquer any storm together, they have the same views on life, the same respect. And, you know, when Dwayne met Alexis, which to me, my daughter is my center of my world. That relationship, to me, it sealed the deal. Like, it sealed the deal because I was very protective over her, extremely. Didn't want anybody around her. And when he came along, it was like, I'm not here to gain your love for me. I'm here for your mother. But while I'm here, this is what I'm going to do. And Mm -hmm. he did it and followed it through. And that was it. His mom, I always tell her, you did good. (laughs) (laughs) did good. Well, how long did you guys date before you guys decided to get married? So we met, believe it or not, in March. In April, we made it official. We made our relationship official. We made our relationship official within a month. And then we got married on my birthday, October 2010. So like a year, a year, a little, 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 year and six months after we got married. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of said it, but like a year and you was like, this is it? Well, what happened, well, it really wasn't. <laughs> it actually moved a little faster than yes. that because we actually moved in together. Well, I moved into her place with her, I want to say, in- two months after we met. Uh-huh. Wow. So <laughs> that part kind of, kind of moved pretty quickly. Okay. And people were like, you guys are in the HOV lane. Tanil, this is not like you. What's going on? Like, you got him around your daughter. And the thing about it is we're so opposite. 
of what I would do. It was so mm -hmm. opposite of what he would do because while we were living together, it was uncomfortable for him, yet it was something that we were trying to make comfortable and we realized that this is not going to work. Mm. We can't do this. Like living together so soon, we're not ready for that. So and at that time, we broke apart. Right, because I'm not. I wasn't used to someone having to give me stuff. So remember, I moved into her place. That's really new for me. Right. So I didn't feel comfortable at that point. That's when we separated for a little bit. <laughs> After that, and how was <laughs> a little bit? Like, so Dwayne was playing overseas, and he was trying to get this contract with Russia because he started playing overseas. And that particular year, I don't know what happened, but the agent that he had and the contracts, it wasn't really working, right, mm -hmm. for him at that time. So that was the longest space of time that he's ever been yeah. in one place for that yeah. long period of time. So it wasn't like we're trying to move and, you know, move in together so quick, but it was a situation that he was in at that time that we felt like it was the best thing for us to do because we knew we wanted to be with each other. And it was like, okay... We could sit here and wait and play that 90-day rule, yeah. or we can just be honest and where we want to go with this relationship. So living together was really like a test, but it was a test that exposed more of his lifestyle, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and we're keeping it real like this. Yes. Is, you know, this is real, right? Because you can't lay it out like it's a bed of roses. Dwayne had a lot of old dirt that came up. Um man it was so many females from all across the world and i'm talking about at one point right you're talking about models beautiful i'm looking at these women like oh let me look in the mirror because i'm talking about gorgeous exotic beautiful women and the moment he posted me on his facebook that is what I think kind of set it off. Like, who is this? Who you're with? You know, it, he had a lot of things. Other than that, it was fine. Honestly, he wasn't disrespectful in any way, but it was just, he never really said, don't call me. It's like, right. I'm have a conversation with you. How you doing, boo? You know what I mean? Well, I'm going to be honest. The, what came to my mind, and when you said all these women... <laughs> The song that comes to my mind is I Got Holes. <laughs> yes, yes. He had a whole lot of holes in different area codes. <laughs> certain lifestyle that I used to live. And to you know, just like anybody, when you have a lifestyle that you live, it's hard to just cut cold turkey or just hard to just say, I'm stopping completely. It, it took some time. It took some, especially I'm in, I'm in a place where I'm trying something new. Yeah. And doing a lot of things new. It was hard at that point. And plus, they weren't able to name all the 10 streaks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. so they were at a disadvantage anyway. They were at a disadvantage. Oh, yeah. They were at a disadvantage. I had my time of deciding what, what was going to be the best for, for me to do at that time. Domain, when you talk about sifting through the dirt, still, how was it that Tennille prevailed over these models and all of these different exotic women? I'm sure it was women that you had dreamed of when you were younger and all of that. But Tennille sitting here next to you, how did she do it? The audience wants to know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, like I said, she had a, she definitely had a big heart. So that was one thing. 
Um, there was other women that wanted to do things, but I wouldn't give them. It's just the conversation wasn't there. You know, the chemistry, when you talk about chemistry, yeah. it just wasn't there. And a friend of mine that I went to college with, and we're, we're still friends to this day, I used to always tell him, it's something about her that makes me feel like I'm at home, even though I'm not at home, if you kind of get what I'm saying. So yes. it was just something about her that made me feel like I can go anywhere with her and we will be good together. The other females, I ain't feel that way. It's feel like I have to do everything. I have to watch everything. And if I don't do something, then it won't get done. You know what I mean? Yeah. But with her, she took initiative. She made sure stuff get done. She reminded me of stuff that I had to do. And like I said, for the first time outside of my mom, there was no female that did that for me. Wow. I know Tanil touched on how important her daughter was to the, to the relationship. What about yours? What was your situation with your daughter and how did she take to Tanil? She took to two because I was engaged before. So I used to bring my daughter on. My daughter didn't so much like my ex-fiance that much. Mm-hmm. And it was also a situation with my daughter's mother where we didn't get along that much. I had that situation where I wouldn't see my daughter as much as I would like. It was sometimes it would go months where I wouldn't even get to speak to my daughter for, you know, different reasons. But when mm-hmm. it came to Tanil, she gravitated to Tanil right away because Tanil was mother-like. I mean, she mm-hmm. took that job on very early without me having to say anything and then the fact that she had a daughter around my daughter's age when my daughter did come it was just the chemistry was really good Mm -hmm. I mean it was was really good and by me seeing that and seeing how she was with my daughter that just made the world for me so how long have you guys been married October made our 10th year wedding anniversary yes wow Mm -hmm. and it's so interesting because you guys spoke on how you guys had a mutual friend and for me, it's always how things are just orderly, divine, created, right? And you hear this thing of like your perfect person is out there and your soulmate is out there. And for you guys to have really grown up in the same area, had the same connection with this friend, and years later you meet in a whole different state and have this marriage now. It's amazing. It's just a beautiful thing to hear about. And you both are glowing. Each time you guys are speaking (laughs) about each other, there's just this big smile on your face. And it's very authentic. And it's really nice to hear how it just flows. And you guys Mm -hmm. just allowed yourself to be in that moment and receive whatever was coming your way, whether it was good or bad. And like, you know, your husband said, there were some things that I need to work out. And even (laughs) for you, you know, you had to deal with some things, but you guys still paid attention to your intuition. Mm -hmm. And here we are today, 10 years later. (laughs) You know, just to kind of further it, it was when we, I think right before we started living together. Yeah. yeah, right before, literally right before. And this is kind of where it kind of stamps the, the living together part. I'm the only girl in my mom's side of the family. So my mom, mom has all daughters and all of her daughters have all sons. And I'm the only girl. So I grew up where, you know, guys are my best friends. I never really had a bunch of girlfriends, but I've always mm-hmm. had a bunch of guy friends who were like brothers and sisters. So there's a group of guys who live actually here in Georgia. And every time that I've dated people, I've always be like, okay, look, let me let y'all meet this guy, you know, and they're like, T, no, you know, but it was always a running joke with us. Anytime they had a, a woman friend, they would bring that woman around. So I had a Mother's Day event at my house. Sherry actually been to that house before. So I had a Mother's yes. Day event at my house and Dwayne had decided that he was going to do the grilling. 
So that time, all of my guy friends, I was like, look, guys, the guy that I've been telling you about that I've been dating, he's going to be here. And they're like, oh, he got a pass to the house? He gets to meet Alexis? <laughs> <laughs> because I've never had anyone meet Alexis out of all those years. Wow. I was single for seven years. So I've never had anyone meet my daughter, had anyone even remotely come to my house. So they were like, he must be somebody. So they being a New Yorker, you know, they came with this whole, oh yeah, we're going to have to check son. You know, that's how we talk, right? We're going to have to check the zoo. And I'm like, okay, guys, he's not no punk. So just be careful how you speak to him because he's from New York as well. But I didn't really get in depth on where from New York he is or whatever. So mind you, these are guys to me that hold a very dear part in my life because these are people I grew up with since I was four years old. So mm -hmm. they're the same type. They can get really hood and they can be really, you know, right. protective. So long story short, we get to the day of the event and Dwayne is out on the patio. The guys all happened to drive up together, right? They all came separate, but they waited because <laughs> they wanted to come in and make this grand entrance. So I go downstairs now and I'm, I open the door and I'm like, look, don't start no shit in here in my house today, okay? Go upstairs and be cool, get to know him. But I really like him, y'all. And I've never been honest with you. So... <laughs> They get upstairs to the living room and Dwayne is on the patio. So I call this man out. Now, mind you, let me go back. The night before, these same guys asked me to go out to a party with them. And I mm -hmm. told them that I didn't really feel like going. Okay. Dwayne also told me that he was going out that night to go out with him. And I didn't feel like going. So that was the one night that I actually opted out. Get upstairs. I called him out the patio. My boys. But five of them, I think, I called them out. They all grew up together. Shut wow. up. When I tell you, they was like, everybody's face was Some like. Some of them that came to the party, I was supposedly going to check me was out with me last, last night. night. Yes. Shut <laughs> <So we laughs> up. And to this day, we are all like this. Literally. Literally, <laughs> every last one of them. Already knew in. me, yeah. We already in. knew each other from New York. So wait, so when they walk in and you all see each other's faces, what do you all like, man, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. See, this is the guy? <laughs> some of them I was out partying with just the night before. Yes. That is, when I talk about divine intervention. Divine. And the thing about it, they all have like street names. They know each other's government name. That's how real, like how we are. If you know someone's government name, you know them. And they were calling each other. I was like, I was floored, honestly. And that right there, like they're so What's transparent it? with each other, like, after that, they was like, yo, T, that is a good dude. Everybody from that point on that knew him was like, that's a good dude. And I'm talking about everybody that I came across. I found out that we knew them, didn't even know. We wow. lived five blocks from each other all those years. And wow. that was it. It yes. was were married at four years old and didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. it's what, what God has for you, I yes. tell you. I didn't know that. That is awesome. This is what it's meant to be. Like, there's no question about it. So mm -hmm. let me ask you this. So you have this wedding, right? And you tell us about that. And then tell us what 
there's a distinct distinction between weddings and marriage. So tell me about how the wedding was. And then tell me about what the marriage has been like now. So one of the things after Dwayne had moved out in May, at the time I had a house and we decided that we were going to work because at that time we broke up. We decided that until he kind of decided what he wants to do, he had all these women friends and the approach to how it just kind of went a little nasty, but it wasn't as nasty where it was irreconcilable, right? It was mm-hmm. something that we needed to define and what we wanted to do. And one of the things was that if we're going to start fresh, let's start fresh. Start over. Let's start over, Right. And so I decided to put my house up on the market. I was like, you know what? Let's go ahead and really start this relationship and let's do everything fresh. Because for you to come back into a house where, you know, it just was too much at that time. I decided to sell the house and we moved into an apartment. Okay. Um, When we moved into the apartment, it was only for temporary reasons. We were going to just decide what we wanted to do. That's how serious we were about being together. Okay. As we were there, in the apartment, we're now living together. So this apartment is in both of our names and this is ours. However, it felt really uncomfortable living with him and we're not married. So we had the discussion on if this is where we're going and this is the changes that we decide to make, like selling the house and living together, what are we really doing? Because we talked about it, but we don't stop here. So we decided. And at that time, we were talking about having a baby as well. Correct. Okay. We were talking about having a baby. We started to be intimate and it wasn't protected. So I'm like, what if I get pregnant? You know, like now we're tripping. Now we're doing the opposite of everything we said we were going to do. So right. we both had that come to Jesus like conversation So in two weeks from that conversation, the next thing was my birthday. And we said, you know what? Let's get married in two weeks. It wasn't any formal get on your knees, big proposal. We were like, let's get married. Let's go look for our rings and let's get married. So we didn't have an opportunity to have a big wedding only because we thought about, we said we wanted to build a house. So we had the money to have a wedding. Mm -hmm. We said, you know what? Why go through having this big wedding? And I know for me, I was a little reluctant because I had a big wedding before. I had over 350 people, this massive chefs. It was so overwhelming. So I wasn't happy. And I was like, I don't want to have a wedding just to have a wedding. I want to get married because that's my soulmate. So I didn't want the glitz and glamour. I just wanted it to be him and I, to be honest with you. And I felt like at that time, I kind of took that from him too, but he was on the same page. Yeah, I I was going to ask that question. I was going to say, I didn't didn't care. He didn't care, yeah. I don't need that. I need the big wedding. Yeah, because (laughs) prior to that, he was engaged and was planning a big wedding. I mean, Mm -hmm. the dress that the girl wanted was like 30,000. And he was like, you know, so he went through his stuff. I went through mine. So we were like, let's spend $80 for our wedding and go build a house. Put the rest of the down payment towards the house. Yes, yes. Hello. Yep. So then we decided to start building a home and literally we got married that October. I had to go away for work. So I was in China for a while for work. And by the time I got back, I got pregnant like a month after with our daughter. (laughs) (laughs) And and yeah, it was crazy because prior to that, we were doing the same acts and I didn't get pregnant, but we weren't living right. Is what I'm saying. We weren't married then. So once we got married, like everything kind of fell into place, literally. And how has the marriage been? What have been any ups and downs that you can share with us? And how have you worked through them? 
where do we begin? A lot of ups and downs. <laughs> I let you start that. One. No, I mean I don't I don't know anyone in particular, but I mean we got married, we had our daughter, we we're living together in our home that we dreamed about having, and then it's just you get off the honeymoon stage and then mm-hmm. life starts. Mm-hmm. So then you start realizing like, hold on, I, I really don't like this. Okay. Not that I didn't like her, I didn't like being married. I just didn't like certain things. Mm-hmm. You got to deal with those certain things that take place and you got to communicate. You got to talk. That's one thing we didn't find out how to do at first. So when mm-hmm. something went wrong, we just didn't talk for two, three days. Okay. We just ignored each other, walked past each other because we didn't know how to communicate. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the biggest thing. So once we learned how to communicate and learn how to tell each other how we feel without offending the other person, that's when everything just took off from there. It was a lot of ups and downs, a lot of things that we got to the point to where it was like, well, maybe this wasn't the everything that we thought. Maybe we not meant for each other. Maybe it was just a good start, but the finish wasn't going to be good. So we came to that conclusion many a times, but then we spoke and we talked and we, we ironed it out pretty much. Yeah. There were ways that I know for me, right, I'm going to just speak on my behalf. There were ways that I had in me that started to come out right like one thing my attitude at one point was like because I came from a rough place and and it wasn't justifying it because he came from the same place but it was just the way that I spoke when I got mad I would just say anything I would try to hurt you right and that's areas that I had to grow that was actually self-development for me when I got mad I would just go off at the mouth it's like if he was an abusive man, he probably would have had me in the grave. That's how bad my mouth was. Like, it was wow. just really, I would go off. I would, you know, and the thing about it is because I had issues like with my dad and with my ex, I got to the point that I didn't have that level of respect for a lot of men because I've been around so much infidelities and so much men doing so much stuff. Mind you, I grew up around men. So the way that I spoke to them, it was the norm. It was the norm to speak to them that way. It was the norm for me to be very rough. Like I was just a very rough kind of person. And and a lot of people don't believe it, but I really was just, I'll say whatever without thinking. And I had to realize like, you can't speak to him like you speak to someone on the street. You got to speak to him because that's your husband and you respect him, right? So for me, a lot of our issues resonated from allowing kind of like my family in particular, to just do certain things and dictate certain things. And with that, I didn't like put my foot down. So it was like, okay, you'll put your foot down to me, but you won't put your foot down to them, which spilled into our marriage. So a lot of our issues weren't really us. It was the outside world. So Mm -hmm. it got to the point that I had to look myself in the mirror and realize, okay, T, you need to stop allowing the nice to nail and always helping and pleasing everybody People sometimes don't respect where you are in a marriage. They're still wanting to kneel to be ready and available for them when they're ready. And it's like, I have a family now. You know, I have a husband. I have children. I just don't have me and Alexis anymore. So I personally didn't know how to differentiate. I wanted to be superwoman and help everybody, help my family, help my this, help my this. It got to a point that I even had, you know, family members living with us that we had to care for and it impacted our marriage significantly to the point that Dwayne was like, look, we might end up having a breakup. Honestly, like it just became too much. And I know in my previous podcast, I told you guys that I had gotten sick and I was in the hospital. That was my revelation. That was like, hold on. God is giving you another chance. 
get it together. And I started to really and truly connect spiritually, find more of myself, because sometimes you can lose yourself, find me, center me. And then I realized how much of a good man that I had. Like Dwayne is such, like honestly, men have their ways. And I grew up around infidelity and it's not justification, but he got over that. That was something that it was like, I'm not doing that anymore. What are we doing? So I had to really and truly, and I'm not only going to put it on me, it was a lot of things with him as well, but it was a lot that was outside of our home that I was allowing in. And he was like, okay, see, if that's what you want just to make you happy, I'm going to deal with it. But it's not something that he really wanted to. So what we tend to do was not resolve an issue, but to compile an issue. So like he said, we won't talk for two or three days. But we don't revisit the conversation to say, let's put this to bed. But yeah. then another situation comes and it compiles on top of that. Yeah. And that is where the storm and the cup begin to run over with us. And to the point that he was like, you know what? If something don't change, then this marriage is not going to work. And that was like light bulb. Family, friends, whoever can't respect what's going on here, you got to get a dismiss out of my life. And I had to do some very harsh decisions with cutting people off indefinitely, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, so when you mentioned the communication, a lot of men don't communicate, let alone admit that communication is the key. What is it that you found or what did you do to make you realize that, yes, this is something that we need to work on the communication piece to get to that next level in the marriage. Because like I said, we wouldn't communicate, so we wouldn't talk. And we'll let issues just compile and compile on top of one another. So her situation was a little bit different because she kind of gave, She was she's just a giver. So she would give to her family. Me, on the other hand, I gave all I can give to everybody. Mm. I got to a point where I have to focus more on what I want and what I want to do. Right? So... With that being said, I used to tell, I got to a point where I tell her now, and she does a great job of it now, when you communicate with somebody, take your emotions out. Just okay. speak to the person normal. Don't put no emotions, because emotions could deter what you're really actually feeling or what you're really trying to say. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you take your emotions out and just have a conversation. So I can communicate with you and talk to you. I can tell you exactly how I'm feeling. I don't have to raise my voice. I don't have to yell at you. I don't have to be mad. We don't have to talk about something prior and bring something from last week into this week. Let's just talk about what the specific conversation is at hand, what the specific topic is, and let's conclude that now. Take the emotions out. If I tell you I don't like something, it's not for you to get mad at me. It's just for you to hear me and understand where I'm coming from. And you do the same. You tell me what you don't like, whether it's about me, whether it's about a certain situation, and let's talk about it. Once you take the emotions out, you can come to a conclusion. And once you come to that conclusion, you go from there. That's something that we didn't do before. Now we can do that no problem. I mean, now we get into, I don't even want to call them issues. We get into little certain things and she'll say what she got to say. I'll say what I got to say. And the next minute we're lovey-dovey and back together again. Like we never had the conversation, but she got her point across and I got mine across and we hear each other. So that's the biggest thing I think with communication. If you can take that emotional piece out of it and just hear your, you might not agree, but you have to listen and hear them out. Because they have an experience, they had a, a life, they had experiences without you, they had experiences before you. So their walk of life and the way they see life through their eyes is very different. So you have to hear them out. You have to at least hear them, let them get their point across. So that way they can at least been heard. And you don't have to agree, but you have to hear them out. Wow. It is. Mm-hmm. 
That is, like you say, I can very nicely say it. And it's, how did you do that, Tennille? Because I think men have that very easy. They can do that. Women are emotional beings. I know for me in my own relationship, and maybe Jason and I are starting to do that now, he'll say, I'm not mad at you, you know. I'm just saying it with a lot of passion. And when he says that, I say, okay. And then my response to him is different. It took us a while to get there because he would just be like, ah, and stuff. And I'm just like, he's like, no, I'm not mad at you. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know. You know what I mean? But I say that, you know, say, you know, express yourself, but say it so I know how to respond to you in what kind of way. How did you get there, Tennille? Because like I said, it's easy. I think it's easy for men. Not really. (laughs) Not everybody, no. Well, let's say this. Dwayne has a lot of patience. I think his patience helped me. Honestly, for me, I realized that I did more talking and less listening. Mm -hmm. And that is where I had to change. He would say to me, just listen. Just listen to what I'm trying to tell you. So basically, you're asking me for something and I'm giving you the answer, but now you're having your own interpretation. You actually have an answer before I even conclude with what I was saying. And I realized, that I was like, oh, no, that's not what I'm doing. And I would be so defensive to say I'm not doing that until I realized that that's exactly what I'm doing. So it was one time that we got into a very emotional conversation. Like we both were very emotional. And he's like, Yo, if you just listen to what I'm saying, and I stopped, it froze me. I don't know what it was, what happened. And I said, you know what? Let me listen. And once I started listening and really and truly just hearing what he's saying, I could not even respond at the moment because I honestly had to digest it all. And then it was a matter of stop saying you, 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 meaning pointing at him and start looking at It takes an action to cause a reaction. So what am I doing, right? And there were some things that was embedded in me from past relationships, even from my dad, from my ex-husband. Like it was little things that I brought into here. So the seeds that were sown into me, I sowed it into them. Because you know when they say you can't bring your past into your present, I didn't realize that I was doing that. I didn't realize that I had this defense mechanism up like, you know, I'm going, you know, you don't want to be that strong, black, empowered woman, but you're like, you know what, if that's the case, then I'm going to end up being by myself anyway. I don't care. You go through those moments because you're used to people running and leaving and going through right. certain, and not to say I really had that, but I had that. When your dad leaves you young, you kind of be like, you know what, I'm grown. I'll be okay. Cause you're so used to doing everything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why are you talking about that? We're not even on that topic. Why are you defensive about that? You know, like you're going somewhere. I'm here and you're all the way there. Come back here. It took a very, very long time for me to get it because I wanted to lean on my understanding. I wanted to yeah. feel how I wanted to feel. I wanted you yeah. to be like, yeah, you're right, T. But it was never that you were right. And I'm like, yeah. okay, Dwayne is not the easy person to be broken And the thing about it with me, I realized in past relationships was like, I say what I have to say. And that was it. Like it's done because no one wants to argue. But with him, it's like, no, we're not doing that. This is where we are. So it took a while, but it also took self, like I said, self-development, emotional intelligence. It took a lot of that and having to look myself in the mirror and say, you know what, T, it does take communication. It does take a matter of being able to articulate. And for me, 
I'm always expressing myself with anger and emotion. Mm -hmm. And once he said, remove the emotion, just talk to me. After I started to remove the emotion and let him know how I felt, it was so free. It was so organic. It was like, Mm -hmm. I was able to just release and get emotional and talk about everything. And I realized that things were common denominators for me. Things were triggers for me. And I didn't realize because I'm a person that masks a lot. So you don't know that I'm going through certain things because I'm always laughing, but it does take somebody that breaks down once in a while. And and I was able to be transparent because one of the things was I realized with him is that he wholeheartedly had my back. And Mm -hmm. I've never really had that. Out of all the guys that I've had in my life, I was the one, like my brothers and my family members come to me. I'm the one that they come to. I'm the backbone, but I never really had the backbone other than my mom. So like he said, there was no one that really looked out for him. It was there for him, like his mother, same for me. There was no one that I felt like had my back wholeheartedly and would be able to weather any storm. And he showed it to me. It wasn't words because I'm not easily taken with words. It was through actions. It was through situations that we've endured over the years. And he always remained the same. Never was never disrespected me ever call me out my name, never put his hands on me. And I'm not saying to justify that that's what men do, but when you get to that heightened level, that's when that true beast come out. That's Mm -hmm. when a man will call you kind. You know, he never did it. He always gave me respect and always was affectionate and loving in a sense like, T, I got you. I got you. And I started to say, you know what? You do got me. And I realized that you have me. And once I did that, it's like a bird that you let free. That was honestly the true testimony of of me changing. Yeah. I was just going to go back to where you talk about outside influences. Those are what I've found in other conversations seem to be a very big thing when two people come together. A lot of times I've heard that sometimes families and family members become jealous of what it is that you're now creating with somebody else because they've had those thoughts and things that they wanted to do, but you're actually doing it or that you actually have a man and now a woman that is really wholeheartedly supporting you and have your back. And they didn't have that. So now, oh, Tenille, you're acting all bougie. Oh, Tenille, you got all this money. Oh, Tenille, you can't even help us. And what Tenille does, no, I'm not that bougie. No, I can't help you. So I'm over here in Devane's like, but I'm your husband. This is what we're doing together. So I just want to say that to you guys, because I've heard it before of like, I want to say broken families, but families that don't have it all together. And now that you do that, so that must've been very difficult to kind of cut off some of the fat, as they say, around you to not have that infiltrate your marriage. And I want to ask Dwayne, did he have a similar situation or similar things like that to happen on your side? For me, as far as cutting off the fat, I've been able to do that a long time ago. (laughs) Man, I tell you. (laughs) That came very easy. I mean, you can ask, I don't, my phone don't ring. I don't have family members calling me all the time because I've been learning for a long time that no is an easy word, not a hard word. Some people feel like they can't say no. Mm -hmm. And me, I can tell you no fast because if that's what I mean, I'm going to tell you what I mean. Mm -hmm. So, I did have a situation that with my brother in the sense that it was certain things that I guess he wanted and wanted done because of the relationship that me and him had. And he was my brother, that it was a sort of level of entitlement Mm -hmm. in a sense. And 
I think now it's maybe going on two years that I haven't spoken to him only because mm-hmm. you have, I always tell to this and I tell it to anybody, there's a line you have to put in front of you. Yeah. And everybody can dance around and everybody can say what they want to say over there past the line. But once they cross the line, that's it. Like, you always got to show people how to treat you. So even it's my own right. brother, I have to show him that I'm a 40-year-old man. Well, at the time, 38. I have my own family. There's certain things that even though you want it done, and even though I would have done it for you 100 times out of 100 times, right now, it's no. And yeah. it's not going to happen. And if you can't respect that, then you just can't be a part of my life until you learn how. Wow. And if I can do that with my brother than everybody else, <laughs> it can get the same thing. Wow. So I've had that situation and, and it's, for me, it's okay. I mean, it's okay. I tell Tanil all the time, and this is something that I used to tell her for her family, even though it's family, if you wouldn't deal with that person because of the way they behave or the way they carry themselves, family or not, you just don't deal with that person. Mm-hmm. So even if it was a friend or family, I tell her, if it's my own mother and she can't, understand what I'm trying to do or what we're trying to do, then we just have to come up to some kind of agreement on a distance because it's interfering with the plans that I have. As I say, I don't know the exact scripture, but you leave your family to take care of your own. You leave your parents to take right. care of your own. I think it's Ephesians. I'm not sure. I could be wrong or Corinthians, one of them. But um <laughs> But I think I'm in the ballpark of those two, but, you know, to go ahead and then take care of your family. And so I could just imagine how difficult it was probably at the time, that feeling of having to do it, but understanding the foundation that you have for your own family, I would assume makes it a lot easier to do it. And you know, it's sad that you haven't spoken to your brother for two years, but if you're okay with it and you understand why you're okay with it and your wife's fine with it, then that's all that matters. And I wouldn't say fine with it, but understands it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just a, it's yeah. an understanding. Yeah, it's an mm-hmm. understanding. It's understanding. Okay. Were you going to ask something, Kim? I felt like I was, I, I was just going <laughs> to comment on, it was interesting how early on in the conversation, he said that Tanil was a giver and he wasn't used to someone just giving and doing those type of things. And then later on in the conversation, Tanil shares that he's my backbone, you know, and sometimes the two come together and we become the one, which is what you guys are. And like you said, you know, you are the oldest and you, you had to do things and you grew up fast and you know, fast in the sense of being responsible, you couldn't fall back because you you had to be strong for so long. And now that you can fall back, like you say, you're free and everything just flows. And then for your husband to be in a position to open, to be receiving of all the love that you naturally pour into him, he's now able to help you balance out. That's right. That's right. I can be honest with you. I think this is the first time in a very long time that it's, it's, it's liberating. Honestly, it's very freeing because you get to the point that you don't always have to weigh life on your shoulders all the time, right? There was some very hard decisions that I had to make on my end with multiple family members with having to say, if you, same thing with the line, if you do not, you know, respect boundaries, you know, I look at it like this. If you and I are friends, family and you understand where I am, and we have an understanding, but you still decide to cross that line, 
That means you show me that you don't respect my marriage. You don't respect where I am. And with that, it puts such a damper inside the relationship that it would never be the same. So Mm -hmm. with his brother and also with family members of mine, we tried to reconcile. Mm -hmm. We spoke after the big blow up and we realized that I said what I said, this is how I feel. And they still do not respect the boundary. And and I realized that they've never really been in relationships like that. They don't Mm -hmm. understand it, right? They're so used to more broken situations and they're so used to drama. And we're like, we don't really want to deal with that. We don't want to deal with that level of drama. We grow into that. We grow into that, that way of being. And once we get to that way of being, like you say, we're free. We realize, huh, this is what it means to just be equally yoked, to have someone who you can fall back on and trust, the yin and the yang and those things. But we have to grow into that. And it's unfortunate that sometimes we all don't grow at the same pace. And then we have to fall off to come back together. And who knows, perhaps with your relationship and the fact that you guys are communicating together. And that is an important factor in your relationship that other people can see that and recognize, now I get it. I understand why my brother did this because I'm now in a relationship. I now want to do this and be the provider or protector of my family, you know, and vice versa with your family. So it's very interesting of how we don't always flow and grow together, but when we can come back and recognize and acknowledge that growth that we all have, we can just work together. I used to to say, I had to acknowledge that to my own mom in the sense, coming from a single parent, which Mm -hmm. it was just my parents divorced when I was six, my sister might've been 10. And so my stepfather didn't come into the picture until I was 16. Now my father was always involved in my life. Never not. However, I hadn't seen a marriage. I didn't know what a relationship looked like. So when they got married and we moved to the States, you know, I was like, Oh mom, can I have some money? She's like, well, I need to talk to my husband about it. And I was like, what do you mean? And not getting it. She's not working. He's the sole provider and all of these things. I'm like, just give me some money. You know what I mean? And so it was a battle for me for a very long time. And it wasn't until I got into my marriage and different relationships and having the same, not necessarily children, but other people trying to get things from me that I was like, this is what my mom was, you know? And so I went back to her and I was like, I get it. Just like, well, finally, like, you know, but when you come from a single parent household and you don't have relationships in front of you to see how they're supposed to work, technically supposed to work, that you don't have any foundation to go from. So for the two of you, it's beautiful because now your kids have a different foundation and start then and will do maybe better things in their relationships moving on. So stopping the generational curses, the cycles and all of that, you guys are providing this great example. And I have to say 10 years, is not a long time to be married. And you guys have sound like you've done some real work for the 10. So the next 10, you should be just like, you know, Hey, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. One of the points that you said, which I was going to say, and I'm glad that you mentioned that is generational curses. I always believe in that. Right. So Dwayne came from a two parent household. I came from a single parent household. However, when we met his daughter was 11, my daughter was 10. 
they're both now 22 and 23, literally going to be 23 and 24 in a couple of months, right? So it's been a very long time they grew up together. But what we wanted to do was we wanted to be the example. And even though his parents, he lived in a two-parent household, there were some things that went on in his family as well. You know, they're from the islands. You just know how that all goes. So mm-hmm. it still was healthy, but not as healthy. So what we wanted to do was be more intentional, mm-hmm. right? Go Show our kids that we do go through adversity, but how do we work it out? So Alexis and Rakaya, which is our two oldest, they saw when we went through certain things, but what we also showed them was the other side. Mm-hmm. So every time that they had an issue, Dwayne and I would tackle it as a collective. It will never be, well, that's my daughter and that's your daughter. No, this is our kids. And now we're fortunate to have two grandkids as well. So everything that we do, it's always I know that mom is not going to do it without dad and dad is not, it's not even a thought anymore. Mm. So now those two big girls now have their two siblings who automatically fall into alignment because they don't know the other side. They just yeah. see good. You know what I mean? Dwayne and I got into an argument and they both in here freaked out. You would have thought that we were getting robbed <laughs> because they were not used to mom and dad like going off. And then we both said, you know what? This is the last time we're going to do that. Because yeah. they were never exposed to that. That was it. We was like, you know what? Whatever we need to deal with, we'll just talk through it. And if we need a moment to not talk for a day, just to kind of gather our thoughts, we'll do that. And I promise you, after we decided that we're not taking on anything else from the outside, unless it's something that we have to do, like our family, we need stuff like that, we will jump in for. But if it's anything else, we closed those doors and it has really sparked a different level in our marriage. I feel like we now, I can't say we are starting from the beginning, but now we're starting from experience, right? Mm-hmm. Now we have experience. Our love, like we're in love with each other. It's just not marriage for the kids and what we built. Right. It's like, we really, we sit, I mean, we were up to like four in the morning last night. We just sit there and talk like we playing used to cards play together, cards and laughing, and just talking. you just, know, yeah. Like nice. we're still dating each other still. Correct. Which awesome. is always, always a good thing. Correct. Yeah. So that leads me to this almost last question. Should everyone get married? Um, <laughs> I'm going to say no. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say no. Because you have to have an understanding of yourself if you want to be married to someone. Mm-hmm. There's some people that don't understand themselves. So if you don't understand yourselves, you can never give. Or sometimes you have to hold yourself back for that person to feel more important. Okay. If you don't know yourself, you won't know when to give somebody or when to just kind of give them the spotlight and you take a step back if mm-hmm. you don't know yourself. Mm-hmm. So anybody that knows themselves and their partner knows themselves, they should definitely get married. But if you don't know yourself, then no, because it's going to be hard. I feel you should wait because you can ruin somebody to that when you are ready, they're no longer wanting to be available for you. Got you. Got you. So I think you should actually know yourself first. Before you get married. So now everybody shouldn't be married. Now <laughs> everybody shouldn't be married because everybody just are not compatible. Yeah. Yeah. They might be compatible for the season, but for mm. the long term, no. Mm, that was good. That's that that's was good, good to me. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I'm over here like, that's good, babe. That's good. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, yeah, to me. Uh, yeah. Preach that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a lot of compromise and it's a lot of being selfless, right? 
And you have to not lose yourself in the process of gaining that other person. Because that's what happens with a lot of people. They, they lose themselves. So you have to find that balance. Like, honestly, I think marriage is balance. And you have to be able to realize that, you know, like you have to have a friendship first. Because a lot of relationships start off sexual, a lot mm-hmm. of it. And because the intimacy may be so good, they don't really experience life. So the first time they get a blow, they're like, oh, I can't handle it. It's over. You know what I mean? They're ready to run because they don't know how to go through weather to storm together. And one of the things that we said we weren't going to do is to leave unless it got to that point. And when he came and he said, babe, I can't do this anymore. It was something that could have been changed. And it was like, if you don't change this one thing, because you're giving to everyone else, but you're taking from us. Mm-hmm. And I had to realize, like, what is he asking for? He's not being selfish. He's just saying to you, the same energy that you're draining yourself, pouring out to everyone else, pour into this cup, fill this cup, and you can give them the leftovers. And when I realized that, it allowed me to say, you know what, this is forever. This is my forever. But I like what you said, that Neil. You said that he said that you're taking from us, not from him, but from us. That's a whole game changer statement because he could have been selfish on the sly and said, you know, you're taking from me. You're taking from me and giving everybody else. But he said that you're taking from us. Yeah. That's really a mind shift. He just gave us a little snap, snap a second ago by mm. saying, you know, yeah. it's all about you can't be selfish. So right. it naturally flow for his choice of words to be you're taken away from us, not necessarily of me. So mm-hmm. there you go. All right. And so what we ask everybody, even Tanil on her other part, what is your head? What is your happiness, empowerment, development as a couple? Let's see if you both are aligned. Let's see what you can <laughs> I mean, I think for us is um, finding that continue to reach together, right? For us, it's like one of the things that we both do is that we support each other in anything that we put, any endeavors that we decide to, that we want to go, we support one another. So it's not a matter of me getting ahead or him getting ahead. It's a matter of, you know, if this is your vision, even though I can't see it, mm-hmm. I believe in him so much because I know that Dwayne puts his family in the forefront. He will never make a decision that he doesn't think it through. He thinks everything through. And same thing on my end as well. So for us, it empowers me because I know that any direction he decides to go, I'm going to continue to have your back. But it also is on the other side. If I tell him, babe, this is the direction that I want to go. This is what I want to do. He does it. He's like, I'm with you. And it's never like, like we talk about it. That's like, if your wife makes a million dollars, he will never be like, you know, oh my gosh, she makes more money than me. Or you know what I mean? He's not that kind of person. It's like, Hey, how can we invest it? What can we do? You know, it's to the point that I don't even look at the bills because I'm like Dwayne allocates, he put in stocks, he does this. So I just know our checks goes in the account, but he now takes on the responsibility of how it moves. So it's not, we don't penny pinch. We don't look at stuff like that. We entrust one another to not know that there's no secret accounts. There's nothing being done behind our back because we also know because of the level and where we've grown, it will take that one thing that would break us. Infidelity. Mm -hmm. We know that. I don't care how strong we are. 
that's something that we've gotten broken down so much and we had to build back up. When you build back up that mountain and you make that thing break again, that foundation is broke. Yeah. I know for me, and I'm saying this for me, if that ever happens, we cannot reconcile that. That's something mm-hmm. that it took so much to get here that right. it would take that one thing to break it all down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm with that. well with that being said we thank you guys for coming on to our podcast and spreading the love for february and giving us a lot of gems and tools and everything you know for Dwayne, you said a lot you know thank you thank you guys so much for for having us and allowing us to be a part of it i mean this is really and truly a blessing for us and we hope that our podcast can help someone else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's an honor that you guys chose us to be a part of your February love month. Yeah, if you, if you ever need us again, we're here. Hey, Head Tribe, what a powerful episode. The things I took away from that episode with Dwayne and Tanil was there's so much love coming through that episode, but in addition to the way that they chose to work things out to have a better marriage. I loved that Dwayne talked about taking the emotions out of arguments. And I know for me as a woman, as I stated in the episode, that sometimes can be difficult, but I definitely understood what he was saying because then you can really hear what the person is trying to say. And also, agreeing to listen to everything that's being said, agree to what you heard, and at least being able to take that information and be not necessarily a better person, but being able to understand your partner. And communication, it sounds like communication in their marriage was something that was very important and being there for each other and very loyal. So I hope that you took away some of these key elements as well as others and are able to either apply it to your own marriage or your own relationships. Make sure you check this episode out and all the information will be in the show notes. Thanks for joining us this week on Giving Head, the podcast. And make sure you check us out on Instagram and Facebook for more information on this head episode. And as always, subscribe to the show to catch every new head episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you that good head. See you next time. Ciao for now. Bye.